0: Welcome to the San Antonio FC FanCast. I'm your host, Royce, and uh, we have a full crew today. Uh, Let's go from- On time, uh, too. Very funny. Um, Well, I was late last week. I was late last week oh fair enough fair enough I guess we're I all wasn't, wasn't calling you out just that that,
1: that was
0: me well big peek behind the curtain um I normally do my show from my garage and uh AC's not working in my garage right now so I'm in the house so if we Ninety-five get some degrees. Special... yeah it was 95 in my garage so I was like nope delayed I'm gonna going oh. inside so if we get any special guests um just be aware of that uh let's go from right to left uh Matt's with us Matt how are you good Chilling literally great day great day okay uh we have robert robert how are you i'm doing good i'm doing good i'm
2: glad to be here and then uh super excited about tomorrow's soccer lineup um, a lot of good things going on so
0: a lot of soccer tomorrow right yes so absolutely. should be fun rafa how are you
3: good live here from hot and steamy dorio texas at 105 degrees outside just here in the dining room.
0: Yeah, it's 103 over here, so not much difference. Uh, Harry. We have Harry. I'm How doing are you? Well,
1: well, I'm doing well. Rafa is doing the Kaylor special. For anybody that doesn't know, Kaylor uh, last year with the USL show, uh, minivan, truck, hotel. That's Rafa right now. <laughs> that's
0: funny. The, uh, the nomad, the vagabond. Call him what you will for you Metallica fans. All right. So, uh, I'm going to pass it off to Harry uh, right off the top. Uh, We have some very exciting and important news to share uh, regarding one of our colleagues.
4: How how, how are you,
0: Royce? Oh, uh, nobody cares. Nobody cares about Royce. What are you talking about? All right, man. (laughs) I try to be that good guy. All
1: right. Dude, that's first, dude. I might have to clip this. Yeah. (laughs) Royce, how are you?
0: Uh, that's why I'm we didn't do it, man.
1: Yeah, I'm that, fine. That's why we didn't do it.
0: I'm fine. It out of the sauna. <laughs> yeah, I'm sauna. Yeah, I'm out of a sauna. Am, am I still sweating?
1: I feel, yeah. So, you had a busy day at work. you already uh, told us that. You had to you move want,
0: shows. Nobody wants to hear any of this. Nobody, nobody wants to hear any of this. Gary, <laughs> go ahead. Take it away.
1: R- Rafa, we'll let you, uh, friend, family of the, of the, uh, uh, of the uh, SA Soccer Roundtable uh, has some news.
3: Yeah, so uh, breaking news. I uh, guess from the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. A good friend from 5050 50 Podcasts, uh, the host, uh, Coach Hector Cano, was uh, named a uh, Girls uh, Soccer Coach at, Macar- at MacArthur. So congratulations to him. Uh said so recently he was with St. Mary's Hall. Uh, now he's with a Part of the bromination and I know he's going to do a lot of great things at Macarthur. I know, I know the from what, you know, the conversations we've had because I've known this for a little bit, kind of kind of keep it a secret, but um, I, I think he's he's very excited about this opportunity. Uh, I know the players are very excited to have him, even the school's excited to have him, and um, I, I can tell you this, you know, kind of as far as previewing from you know, I guess early on, I know we're a few months away from the high school season. I think he's going to really do a really excellent job at MacArthur and be on the lookout for them, especially in the playoffs. I, I think he's going to – got a good core back. I think with his his experience and his leadership, he's going to be turning some heads there in that district. I know they're in that district with, you know, some of the S I D S I D school in Alamo Heights, but I have a good feeling he's going to do a lot of great things and maybe knockoffs – it makes us surprises as they're in the playoffs. So, so congratulations to him. And, and I'm, I'm sure he's watching right now. And, and we're excited to see how he, how he does this coming season.
1: I have a question here for you. Obviously, you know, to go from St. Mary's Hall to, I think you said it was a SAISD school, right? Uh, no, Northeast. Oh, Northeast. northeast. Uh, for that right here. Um, the commitment that. A coach like Coach Connell uh, commands uh, for that here, um, especially for a school like uh, MacArthur, who historically has had great programs. Mm. Recently, not 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 as much success here. Um, what does that say about MacArthur turning around to invest in the program? And you know, along those lines, and you know, especially in 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 girls soccer, uh, along those lines, kind of the investment to, that it takes mm-hmm. to bring in a, a top coach like. Uh, uh, Coach Cano, who's coached over at El Paso, coached you know obviously private schools here, um, and uh, you know has experience with uh, the Air Force Academy and stuff. I,
3: I think this is a, a great move. I think I think what MacArthur's looking into is taking that next step. Um, like I said, I got I got to see them play this year a couple times when I was there at Blossom. They had a lot of talent, you know. <laughs> you know they did make the playoffs, but they lost in the first round. Um, and I think they wanted, and like I said, when this opened up, they wanted to build upon that, and they found the right person here to not only get back in the playoffs, but go beyond and really kind of get cement that, you know, get that program to where it was before. And like I said, I know he's not gonna, it's not gonna be done, in, in you know, in a day and so forth. But he's got the tools, he's got the support, and and he's that leadership and that experience is gonna help those girls, you know win a lot of some of those, you know, maybe those games they lost close, especially that playoff game. They lost a close one on that one, um, which I know they were favored to win. I think with I think him on the they're on the sideline, I think he's going to be able to guide them. And, you know, who knows, you know, he may, he's going to surprise some teams. He's going to say he's going to get these girls prepared. Um, you know, he did, like I said, I went to a couple of games there at St. Mary's Hall, you know, he had some great teams. He led them to the playoffs two years in a row. Since he came back from Isleta, and like I said, this is a great. I think this is a great fit for him, and he's going to really do a lot. It's just like I said, this MacArthur's really kind of salivating about taking that next step, and they got the right guy for the, for the, you know, for the position.
1: So moving on, and, and like I said, if you are watching on your YouTube, or if you can, yeah, if you uh, happen to catch us on YouTube, or listen to us on a podcast, if you can go to YouTube, uh, subscribe to SA Soccer Roundtable. That way, it helps. Uh, you know, pick up, you know, for soccer content, not only about San Antonio, but USL along those lines. Helps with the viewership. Obviously, if you can give a like or comment, uh would be much appreciated uh, for that here just to help help uh, promote the show a little bit more.
0: Absolutely. Like, subscribe, hit that bell to get the alert for the next episode that we do whenever we decide to do it. <laughs> and, yeah, said, uh, and also... We ish time. <laughs> right, also on Spotify or Apple uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you listen to. Um, subscribe, absolutely, and leave us a review. The reviews go a long way. Um, and the search feature, it, it just helps us, it helps you, uh, helps somebody looking for a podcast make it easier to find us. So that would be great, and that's always appreciated.
1: And if you're doing us, like I said here, uh, our friends at ProSAFC, um, do an awesome job as well. They have a little bit different type of show than us, but, you know, good good show as well if you can uh, comment on them. And, and like any lower league show, uh, please uh, uh, like here. But um, we were originally going to go to Memphis San Antonio next, but um, unfortunately some news broke uh, this afternoon by, by Tom Boger and Jeff Ruder from The Athletic. Uh, USL to vote on adopting promotion and relegation system, sources said. Um, It's not saying that they're going to approve it, but it's more to say, are they going to move forward with it? And it seems like if they're going to move forward with it, there could be some significant changes starting in as early as next year uh, where, you know, pending interest and ensuring the new three-level structure could be implemented as soon as 2024. And alternative next season could be used to determine which clubs will be at which level of the newly split championship. Uh, for that here so to me this is this opens up a huge thing here for me personally I think in this and for people not paying attention this was something that was rumored 2017-2018 COVID hit it got kind of put on the back burner Um, I've you know I've spoke with uh, other USL owners uh, in regards to this and the issue is always they want to have it, but what happens if you go down what's that compensation wise and, and especially in a league like this and especially where owners are coming in um, I do think <coughs> they made a key point where at two levels you really can't have it because you got one league that's going to demote and one league that's going to promote where you're not you need you need to have at least that three where you've got that middle tier where you can go up to the top division you can go to the middle or you can go all the way down. so it'll be interesting to see what this is. Um, I'm going to push back on some people out there saying this isn't a vote on ProRail. It really is because if there's not enough ownership support, it's dead. So that's where it stops. Um, and if it moves forward, there's still a chance cause they still got to work out the details. They still got to approve it. Um, I'm interested to see what this three level structure, I think 2024 is probably a little bit early. I could see it more 2025 with pro rail kicking off in the year 2026 with the world cup. That's what I personally think, but I it wouldn't shock me where that implementation that they're talking about in 2024 um, is if they may go to a single table um, or even even because right now you got 24 teams in in USL Championship. If you do a single table and and go from there, it it would be interesting to kind of see how that plays out. But you know that's just me. We'll start with you, Robert, kind of your thoughts on promotion relegation with USL. Uh, Then we'll go with Matt and then, uh, you know, Rafa or or Royce can uh, decide who wants to go last. Yeah,
2: I haven't haven't really dug into the topic too deep in terms of how it would apply directly to the league. but But in general terms, I mean, the idea of having the ability to go up and down in terms of excitement, like it draws like additional attention. I mean, it makes, you know, even the bottom teams you know try that much harder to avoid that relegation but like i said some of the questions that come to mind is like i think we talked about it briefly was like stadium size like impact financially i mean how is it going to be a situation (laughs) where where it it, uh, may lead to some teams not necessarily or ceasing to operate it's just there's a lot of questions that uh, come into mind in general terms but like i said i'm excited about the idea i mean to me like i said it's going to draw that attention and make it that much more exciting
4: yeah yeah like like robert said um i mean it brings an excitement to some of those those uh i don't want to say feeder teams but like i mean hey there's teams that want to be be something bigger and in a way this gives them a chance so i mean is it good for them heck yeah man it's like moving up in i guess per se epl but um Yeah, I I think it's a good thing to to implement and makes makes these teams actually try harder to win games.
3: Rafa? Uh, I think this is a great idea. I think this one, I think, throws it to the face of MLS. If this could succeed you know, it's going to make the MLS kind of like, hey, you know, we should, should have done this, you know, instead of kind of like the members-only club. Uh, like Matt said, it's going to motivate some teams to move up, but also, it may also attract new, you know, new ventures, you know, new teams, you know, it's not going to be like the normal teams that we have. Like I said, I know there's less teams in League 1, and you know, they're a little bit more in League 2, but you know, it gives opportunities also to create maybe new rivalries like and who's to say, like I say, Corpus Christi ends up getting in the championship. You know, now we have a rivalry with them, so forth. Maybe RGV ends up going, <laughs> getting relegated to League One, and so forth. But um, I, I think it's exciting. I think this is just going to make the league a lot more fun, better. And it's going to attract the fans. And that's what the fans have been craving for a while is for this promotion really nation. So I'm up for it. And hopefully it does, like I said, hopefully it does pass. Cause I think it's We're going to have like a lot better quality soccer more, and more teams involved in the USL. Royce.
0: All right. So here's the deal. <laughs> is this a good thing? It's a great thing. Um, possibly. But
1: possibly.
0: exactly. 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 So here's the here's the reality check and everything. This means that USL is going to go directly head-to-head with MLS. We've already seen how that's gone for NASL. Not very well. And it's because MLS has the money. That's why it's structured the way it is. Uh, it's single entity. No one is really at a risk in that league. And that's that. it's built for that. Um, unfortunately, it's not built for competition. We know that already. Uh, but it's definitely built, kind of to crush every other entity around it. Um, it's a great thing because that competition and that kind that is needed in the U.S. Um, it's never really been here before. Um, we, you don't know if it's going to succeed or not, but kind of the risk that's involved with it is if it does fail which, you know, uh, there's been more failures go up against MLS than successes. We all lose our teams. That's kind of what it, that's kind of what it could come down to. That's the risk. But is the risk worth the possible reward at the end? I think it absolutely is. Um, it could lead to a merger down the road, highly doubtful, but it could. Um and it'll be very interesting to see what FIFA does, because FIFA has always said if uh, the U.S. can get a pro-rel division one league, we will recognize that as a division one league um, in the U.S. and MLS will will discuss it, you know, with what they recognize it as. Um, but. At the same rate the super league they try to start the super league in Europe uh, Mexico has basically gotten rid of Pro rel so um, there's definitely
3: it's actually coming back
0: there's the pro, what, what I'm saying is right but what I'm saying is there's examples of basically pro going away or the 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 forethought of not having pro rel. In Division one league around the world it's not really unique to the u.s anymore it's not unique to mls but at the same rate it's exciting for the league if they pass it that's a big thing if they pass it they're not passing it but at the same rate if they don't pass it the writing's already on the wall usl is not going to succeed next to mls with mls going the way the rate that it's going and usl going the rate that it's going it's not going to survive 20, 30 years down the road. Um, so,
1: and there's you know, a comment you, here. F-
0: you got to, you got uh, to take a risk, but go ahead, Harry, take it away.
1: There's a comment here from MCG three four five nine. You know, he said he hadn't heard of it. It's a good deal to revisit in another decade. League still needs to get its feet under it and, and some stability going on because they lost, uh, yeah, you, know, you know, clubs to MLS next, which. I'd argue they didn't really lose clubs because it was the MLS two teams uh, for the here, but this is why they don't have 10 years to wait. MLS has already moved into league D three. It's no secret. They want to go to D two. And there's a, in, in the art, in the article by the athletic here, you know, and this is, this is the money line here for me. The reality is MLS will destroy USL long-term on our current trajectory. So where they're currently at. But if USL can successfully adopts Pro Rail and can get division one sanctioning for the top level, it'll be transformed. And that's the key. They've got they've they've got to for USL, it's great where it's at. But just like with NASL, um, NSL jumped too soon. And I'm gonna disagree with you that it doesn't have its stability. USL is the most stable lower league team in USL lower league soccer history. It's it's you know yes are we losing a team or two a year yes well we lose a team or two this year sure but part of that is because there's there's no there's no room to grow and at least going through this avenue and and to me the thing that we have to keep in mind it's not I'm, a true
0: pro. I'm gonna oh, hold, go hold on real quick I I know you're rolling but I'm gonna push back real quick on two things. So, number one, the league is growing. Uh, next year, they're adding Rhode Island. And then the year after that, they're going to add Milwaukee and well, uh, possibly, possibly New rumored. Orleans. What about Jacksonville? Um, that one too? Jacksonville, no, Jacksonville.
1: Jacksonville, New Jacksonville. Orleans. Jacksonville. Uh, no, it's, not, it's Jacksonville, Iowa, and um, Milwaukee. They're still finalizing ownership for New Orleans for that. But 24-25 is when they're looking for the three teams. The issue is we know Las Vegas is on life support, right? Right. You got to put San Diego loyal possibly on life support, you know, with the new MLS team coming into there. Right. We saw what happened with the bold supposedly sold, uh, sold the rights to.
0: Well, you, you have, you have two franchises right now floating in limbo right now. Right. Um, And uh, right now you have already announced Rhode Island is getting it. Rhode Island is starting next year. So 10000 Seat Stadium. Yep. Right. So, that'll replace that. will replace that. You have two in limbo. You have two um, teetering on the edge. You have a new one coming in. Plus, like I said, Milwaukee, like you said, Iowa, where the Iowa, isn't that the Iowa Menace are coming up to the, USL? Des Moines Menace. Yes. Des Moines, Des Moines, Des Moines Menace. Excuse US, USL, me. Correct, right. USL, USL, right. Uh, USL, Iowa is what they're called
1: right now because they haven't done the naming.
0: Right. right. Uh, formerly the club of Alan Marcina. Um, yes. uh, Des Moines Menace so that's two coming in so you got two teetering two franchises in limbo two coming in plus possibly New Orleans and uh, in Milwaukee as well so um, it's is a growing not necessarily but at the same rate League One is growing League Two is growing even faster than the championship so there's a lot of teams out there that could fill out that league for sure Um, and right now what USL is thinking and what they've been thinking since it was announced that the U S Mexico and Canada was going to get, um, was going to get the world cup is to strike while the iron is hot right now. That's why they want it done by 2025. So they could be the only division one league in the United States that has pro rel, and then they can just market the crap out of themselves. Um, so that's what. Uh, that's really what they want. So, so there's, do you, we'll do you, do you think
3: up. about this? About you know, with the adding teams, the situation with Canada, you know, being you know almost bankrupt, you know, you think the USO may try to invest in those teams, like I said, Edmonton, you know, bringing like Edmonton, a couple of those because they're not yeah. going to be MLS, but you know, bring them being part of the USO, US, maybe a benefit for for them to make it grow a little bit more.
1: They can't, and the reason why is the Canadian Federation member Ottawa Furry, was put wanted to stay in USL Championship, and were forced to sell uh, sell the rights, and that's how my, uh, the Miami FC came into the league from NISA. That's is, correct. Uh, uh, Silva purchased it. Plus, Canada, yes, they the, the Federation's bankrupt, but they are also trying to start their uh, first Premier you know, Canadian Premier League, uh, which gets.
0: Well, they've had uh, they've had a Premier League for a few seasons, including the Calvary. Um, Correct. Right, they've had the Cavalry and a few other, yeah, a few other teams. Go ahead, and, sorry.
1: To me, this this is why it's important for USL to try to get the D1 standing, is with the Concacaf Champion Leagues expanding. Uh, I think Canadian Premier League gets two or three slots. Um, the argument is, you know, USL Championship already is what top five. In, in the concacaf region you could probably give a pretty fair argument on uh for that here but because they're considered d2 um thoroughly shot us through uh you know th- through the qualifying but to kind of transition this cuz you know we could do a whole show on this but we do need to get to San Antonio. Yes, we T. could. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: th- there's two questions that i have. Um and, and i guess they kind of go through here and last you know, we'll go around we'll go around the round table. Thoughts on how safc ownership would vote? And then to me, assuming that they're going to vote yes because they wanted MLS, if they are going to be one of the D1 teams initially, because if they're wanting to try for D1, they've got to get a 15-seat stadium. Do you think SAFC would invest to upgrade Toyota Field? Because let's be honest, Toyota Field was built to be upgraded uh, for their here, and I don't think it'll cost money, don't get me wrong, but I don't think it would cost as much as most people think.
0: So I'll take this first. So it's 15,000 minimum seat, not 15 seat, or else Toyota Field would be perfect. It would be more (laughs) than enough. Um, So, yeah. So if I remember the figures correctly, and we have to obviously account for inflation, uh, which is uh, a a big topic now and and really a factor, absolutely. But uh, from when the stadium was built in 2013, 2014, nope, yep, 2013. Uh, when the stadium was built, that's right, because the next year was 2014, and we all remember that magical season. Uh, it was quoted back then that for a mere $50 million, the stadium could be expanded to 18,500 seats. Um, so with inflation, let's say that's double, that's a hundred million dollars. That is so much cheaper it's it wouldn't be 100 million but let's you know let's just say it's double worst case scenario uh, plus they want to do some upgrades on the original design 100 million dollars for a for a basically a brand new stadium with 18,500 seats is a drop in the bucket nowadays um that's not is it a lot of money you're damn right it's a lot of money but at the same rate if the city, the county and SS can come to an agreement on expanding that stadium because you know that's probably because the city and county own it, then yeah absolutely you have um, you have a pretty big deal right there um, and a pretty easy you know if SS puts up 40 50 million dollars of that, like I said, that's nothing for a new for a new stadium um, of that size that, that really is nothing. And the second thing, do they want to do it? Two reasons. Two reasons that SSNE absolutely votes yes. Number one, we I remember the fiasco with MLS and how they completely screwed over San Antonio FC, so or yeah, Spurs Sports Entertainment and the city of San Antonio, including every taxpayer in San Antonio, which is all of us. Yes, we will not forget that. Full steam ahead. Anything to poke and prod in the eye of MLS. You're damn right they do it. And the second reason they want to do it, why wouldn't you want your investment? You would take a slight risk to have your investment explode in value. Duh. That's just an easy business uh, answer. Uh, I'll leave the uh, other answers uh, up to Rafa. Rafa, fire away on how you think uh, Spurs sports, entertainment votes.
3: I think they vote yes. I think one really just stick it to Austin, <laughs> the pre and, and Garber. Uh, you mentioned about the stadium. Uh, expansion. I think that will help in the long run. Having an 18,000-seat uh, stadium not only, like I said, you're gonna have, like I said, more crowds, but also you're an opportunity to attract a lot of those friendly games. Like normally, how we have the Chivas. I mean, like the Monterrey Tigres, you know. But now we can get some of the bigger name teams to come and play in, the, in those sta- in those stadiums. And, and it's, that will help re- generate revenue. I'm sure they're gonna improve on the the suites you know just have better suite areas and people are gonna be investing in buying those. So I think this is an investment. I also see maybe that they do vote yes they get outside uh, investors. Maybe you'll see like a Tony Parker invest and be part owner or something like that to kind of help compensate and get some funds to really kind of take it to the next level. So also uh, hopefully, hopefully they do take, uh, vote yes on this.
4: Matt. I would say I would hopefully they would say yes. I mean, like y'all both said, stick it to Austin, you get MLS and stuff. And uh, the only thing the only thing I see a problem a little maybe a little bit is just the parking. That's just me. Where I would just I would hopefully they would they would make it like a, a parking garage besides what Morgan's has, but an additional just so that we, we could fill up that stadium a little bit more there's more areas
0: to to so we can have people matt, matt while you're not wrong q2 stadium has like 20 parking spots on site so there's that as well but yeah no parking wouldn't need to get expanded for sure but they have that entire rest of the quarry that the city owns yeah that empty, so not- that empty lot where they do all the rc planes and the drone Life. yeah there's a lot of space for sure for yeah
4: sure. so that's that's just that's just my i mean working no that's, a, that's a great
0: thought that, that that that's a that's a great that's, thought for sure that's something out of the box that not a lot of people think about but absolutely and you know once it hey and then whoever
4: perfect. whoever designs that and owns it man that's gonna be who will pull in some money for that it but anyways it would be exciting <laughs> yeah <laughs> but back to the back to the the vote yeah i mean i i would I would greatly appreciate it too, because even thinking from a supporter's perspective, who says we don't get a bigger section? I mean, you never know. So uh, I would, I would definitely hope that if it does happen and we do get this, like I, I would pray that it, it happens for us, because to me, I feel like we deserve it. For for doing as much as we've done, about how much we've grown, I, I say we definitely
1: deserve it. Robert.
4: Yeah, and like, uh, I guess the
2: root of it all, like anything comes down to uh, to money. And if they see the potential for that return on investment, like Royce mentioned, I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't. I, I ultimately, my, the, the easiest answer is yes. And kind of to expand on what Matt's been talking about. And one thing that comes to mind that we spoke about before is expanding the parking. Can you imagine expanding that area though? Like develop that area to have like bars, restaurants, something, because even when you mentioned that, uh, what's that team north of us in the green? Harry said, <laughs> whatever, "Whatever, whatever, whatever that's <laughs> what, yeah. The one thing they have is they have like a rail system, and that's why there's no parking. It's just it's easy accessible via the city, and then they have so many facilities around there. Um, but that that's what I would that's what I would love. I for every sport here in the city of San Antonio, that's the one thing I crave the most. Being that I visited a, a lot of uh, northern counterparts in different uh, pro pro arenas, it's." or stadiums, they have so much around the stadium. It just makes it an absolute experience for your family, for everybody. And I crave that, I desire that. It's, it's a blast when you have something set up like that. So hopefully that would, you know, trigger maybe some ideas or some
4: situations where other businesses may come out there and, and just make it that much better for everyone. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I mean, the only thing that probably stop, it, stop us from models, those big restaurants and probably like alcohol licenses is just the hero stadium, but I mean to the opposite side who says we can't they can't build more off that way so i mean that's and i and i feel off of that too because they're trying to feed more to the dome because of all, all these places renovating to get uh more uh restaurants and and bars around the Alamo Dome now to the point where they they're trying to make it a big deal so I, and i'm guessing uh the city's recognizing that so i mean who says they don't do that to toyota field i mean it would be a great uh a great thing for them for to develop more uh more jobs and more uh tourism around there yeah
2: the only thing we had semi-close was the Alamo Dome. like you had the river walk in proximity like there was a lot of times you just go down there go to a restaurant go to a bar hang out and then go to the games or go whatever's going on there here that's probably the closest thing we've had in the city and it, it uh i desire more of that absolutely
1: I'm gonna give you. Uh, we're gonna move on to the game here, but I'm gonna give you something to think about. The Spurs just spent how much million on it on a uh, new uh, Northwest development?
0: Five hundred million on the. Yeah, the. Inner the Miami has building. a
1: pop up stadium. I'm just saying, if for the Spurs, if they really wanted to do, if they want, if they really wanted to. You know, because from my understanding, they've got offices, community space, retail, kind of in that area. Toyota Field's nice, but it makes me kind of wonder. Even if you did kind of a pop-up stadium like like Inter Miami did um, for like especially if they're if we're they're going to test it out, it would to me that would be an interesting thought to where you could drive business to that facility uh, to be able to to be able to do and. You know, they have the property and I think there's a, a lot that's for future development. But uh, to me, I think they've got options to be able to do. But moving on to the game, uh, Andrew Report. Uh, we'll, we'll let Matt, you handle this one here. Uh, can Can you see who was who was out? Uh,
4: David. Laura? That's it.
1: That's it. That's it.
4: I, I thought it was a trick question because <laughs> it says the Memphis the Memphis Lions cover. I'm like, please tell me there's not something behind that. <laughs> uh, I thought it was a typo. I was waiting for the rest.
2: Is that a preliminary list? Where's the
1: rest? <laughs> that was it. Holy David Larrera, and he's out for the Poor year, guy. so he's he's yeah. he's he's uh, he's going to be on every one. Uh, I messaged him the other day. I told him, hey man, prayers.
4: dude, like. We just want you to come back and at least hang out with us leave florida for a little bit
1: so for starting sure. lineup was far tainter garcia batista uh maloney rita hayes joan juan carlos azucar uh, jorge hernandez and tani on the bench was Go- uh, mercado gomez pc dylan nacho Manley, and isaiah parker so um We'll start with you, Rafa. Oh, go ahead.
0: Go ahead, 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 ahead. Rafa. Send it to Rafa, and then you'll come to me, and we'll we'll discuss this. Well, that's what we discussed the last episode.
3: (laughs) Finally, we're going to play the 3-4-3, and we're finally going to do a press. And we needed to do that because we got the players to do it. And you can see right there. So, and saw the end result. But I was happy about this lineup. This is what we did last year. We did some damage. We've made teams uncomfortable with it. We're seeing decide, hey, let's do this, and we'll get into the depth. we into the of the game, you know. After this,
0: Royce. All right. So here's the interesting thing um, that I think is interesting, and I think it has everything to do with tomorrow's match against El Paso. So the difference between this formation and and this lineup versus the lineup against Birmingham, obviously we play Birmingham here at Toyota Field, which is a wider pitch than at a baseball stadium, i.e. Memphis and El Paso. And I think this kind of gave Marcina and crew a good um, precursor. Kind of a yeah, kind of a precursor. Kind of, a, I don't want to say a warm up. I'm trying to avoid saying warm up, but look at the score. It was a warm up precursor um, for okay, a precursor for um, <laughs> playing El Paso on Wednesday. That's fair. That's kind of mean to call it a, a warm up. Um, so I think Marcina and crew really wanted a, a a wide midfield against Birmingham to kind of dominate the midfield and take it over from there. We saw kind of the issues that were involved with that just because the uh, some of the players, it was a little different, uh, especially the Hayes and uh, Zuhir partnership in the midfield. Uh, but it kind of seemed to get sorted in that game. Uh, but we did have a three-five-two in that. Uh, the two forwards were Hanson and uh, Tanney, a little more pacey, a little uh, – once again, the press really showed up during Birmingham. The press very much was a lot more organized and really showed up in this game against Memphis. And you had the 3 4 3. I don't think they needed that extra midfielder for the width because the pitch is a little more narrow. So they sent them four. They brought in a Sokar in place of, uh, well, a Sokar was there, but he wasn't on a wing. He was up as a Ford. You brought in Maloney um, to, be, uh, to be that wing back. You just had Hazen Zuhir. Um, in the midfield, and then up top you had um, Tanny, you had Jorge, and you had uh, a Sokar. You really had uh, Jorge dominate on that left side, but they were switching all the time. All three of them were switching constantly uh, in order to get in on the press. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of the same things against El Paso tomorrow, so that will be something to look out for. And I know a big thing that's been going around SAFC circles and podcasts and just on social media in general in the discussion of the team has been, what is your starting 11? I think we're getting it pretty close to nailed down in these last two games. We've been dominant. They've looked good. The press has been pretty incredible. Uh, in this game, it was very effective. In the Birmingham game, it was effective as well. We had two goals off of press, basically. The JD goal in, uh, in stoppage time and the Taney goal to make it 2-0. Um, in this one uh we'll go through the gameplay but man the press is back and it's back with authority i really like joe on that left side he has impressed me both games that he's been in uh bringing in maloney you know that's your sarge that's your that's your captain absolutely on the field um and watching him you know kind of tuck in as an extra midfielder to provide that extra midfielder when we're out of possession um, I think it worked really well. So I'm I'm excited about this. I'm excited to watch how this evolves. Um, and it just kind of seems like Marcina and his staff are really uh, pressing the right buttons. Um, I'm going to send it over to Robert. Robert, how'd you feel about this lineup uh, versus the one in Birmingham? Um, and kind of your thoughts before the uh, game was played.
2: Yeah, the big thing is uh, you saw those minor tweaks, but the one thing that's been or sticking out in my mind, it's just the chemistry that seems to have started to develop between Hernandez and uh, Tani. It's almost like a, okay. a shake and bake type thing where it, it, even on that third goal is even more apparent where he pressed inward. I mean, uh, Hernandez came in, he kicked it out. He, Tani knew where to set up just for that that shot. They're just showing that they're starting to read each other and that that's starting to give me a, a lot of high hopes. There was some, there were some times when it's like, man, are we going to put it together? Is there a lineup that's going to work? But this one seems to be uh, uh, effective. In the last two matches you know there's some minor tweaks but those two guys have stood out the most most recently and the only the only question i have and the only thing it's it's a minor thing it's i just as far as the full 18 but like isaiah parker versus zico bailey that i mean zico bailey was such a spark plug it it leads me to think that there may be something contractual i don't know but that outside of that i mean everything else like i said uh looks on the up and up and we're starting to trend in the right direction which which is uh give me happy vibes again so
0: All right, so let's go and start with the uh, the gameplay and we'll kinda go over this incredible first half. Um, so uh, it's gonna Underway, begin Memphis, it's gonna to begin with a Memphis block block over the top pass. That like, just goes straight to Jordan Farr. Can you hear it? it. Yeah, we can enough. hear it. Okay. But I didn't You're like the commentary. I, I thought it happen. was kind <laughs> <laughs> of
2: that <laughs> so. Bill
0: that's kind of how this started. It? Was you want me to mute it then or no? no? it's all good. That's kind of how it started with Tanny. Yeah, yeah. Well, Not I mean, that turn that it down. <laughs> <critical to me. laughs> but that's kind of how it started. <laughs> was a Tanny surprise shot, kind of out of nowhere, and that kind of show. If stop right there, yeah, let's pause it. Pause it. Pause it right there. Go back just a tiny bit. Yeah. Yeah, what okay, Memphis pretty- was trying,
3: I think, what Memphis was trying to do is like the last couple of games. They like normally is that they like to play wide, and I think the emphasis on the game plan. If you, you're going to see a lot of our players stealing balls when they were played wide, and where we are getting to them, and we were counting counter to them, and, and like I said, we got a couple of scores. here's a perfect example right here. This one's played wide. And watch what Jomi does right right here on this play.
0: So a big thing that happens in this one as well is there's supposed to be two pat well leave it, I mean leave it there leave it there. There's two passes that are supposed to be taken right now. Uh these are the two these are the three options that are supposed to be um there for the player that Memphis has, that Memphis is looking for and it's mm-hmm. it's the guy up here that's uh on the other side of um of uh Joem. Right. Uh, of Joan. The secondary is supposed to be here directly in the midfield that azokar just made a gut busting run to cover right there so that passes off six correct and then you have jorge jorge is running towards the guy behind uh the ball carrier and he's kind of showing that he's going to cut off that pass well as he's moving over there the ball carrier feels he's under pressure he needs to make that pass quickly the guy he's passing to is trying to get open and that's kind of where it breaks down for memphis is it's it's a it's a lot of it's a basic miscommunication is what happens there, and the miscommunication happens because of SAFC's press. Even in this little moment right here, go ahead, Rafa.
3: And you also see Batista there, right there. He's covering that that spot. That pass is going to go down line. He's there, got he's there to to clean it up. So, and that caused that bad that bad pass in the back.
0: It's all about taking away passing lanes and forcing a mistake, and that's where this worked to perfection. Go ahead. So there you go. There's a missed pass. Hernandez takes it right to Taney. Taney gets in the perfect area right between the center backs. One of them is apparently an all-USL center back. Sure, I didn't see it, but okay. And Taney <laughs> finishes, finishes and beats um, uh, Bill Hamid. Uh, former USMNT goalkeeper Bill Hamid, uh, well, right there. There's pretty easy. Right uh, here,
1: defend uh, Memphis. They didn't defend.
3: <laughs> they scored on Memphis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah they they kind of they kind of forgot about that one. Absolutely. <clears throat> so that's the first in the first half in the in the fifteenth minute. And then here's uh, Taini posing little, with his buddy.
3: He's doing the Captain Morgan. Yeah. Cool
0: and then they're going to show the replay here. The second goal we can set up real quick. So it's it's kind of on a similar uh, similar pressing um, action, uh, as a Marcina would put it. But that's just perfect right there. Um, so I guess they really had to fill four minutes of. Uh, <laughs> All four Good goals, angle. so yeah. so here. Well, well, no, this is just Taney dominating. The the, the third one money. is the one I'm <laughs> thinking of, but that's just Taney dominating, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then Bill Hamid spills yet another glaring mistake for Memphis. Bill Hamid spills it, Tanny puts it in two nothing.
1: But this was one on, on the minute. shoulder tackle outside the box, where it, it's or, a it's or, or physicality. Tanny, Yes, that's Correct. where this was won.
0: Absolutely. It's the physicality, and it's the Memphis player. He goes down looking for the foul, and the ref's like, there's no foul. Um, I, uh, to be honest with you, a different ref calls that. So, is it a foul? It's absolutely not a foul. God, that, I hate that. that pitch. Yeah, I hate that grass on the – and I think that has <laughs> a lot to do with that goal going in Yeah, is the –
2: it's hard to judge the ball, it's right? Top, the temporary, the, the
0: temporary grass on the uh, infield dirt. Um, and I think it looks that's... like he kept scooping it up with his foot. I don't
1: know. Rafa and know I, I had the discussion here. Did, do you think Tanny was trying to shoot or was he trying to cross? I think. Oh, he was that was trying a cross. to cross. That was. If oh,
3: you, you, you see, if you see his head, he's looking at a there. Yeah, it's a cross. It's just get, It yeah, gets cut off.
0: It's absolutely. Now he right. followed
3: it up like he's supposed to. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. That's one of the.
3: You can see him. He's, he's eyeing him the. that if he get if that goes through, that's a tap in for a zokar.
0: Yep.
1: Now Memphis did respond.
0: Absolutely, and Jordan Farr also responded accordingly, uh two or three times in this match, which yeah without jordan far this is a lot closer of a match this is uh this basically kind of came down to jordan far versus bill hamid and jordan far passed uh every test here's a really nice save
3: this is the reason then, uh, why he's
0: the number one keeper there absolutely and there's Joe and uh, <laughs> and batista getting in the way there uh, but yeah here's here's memphis's chances really we're and this is a communication. This is what Tanner and Maloney need to really work on last year. They're Batman and Robin and they worked really well together. There's been a goal. Plus this chance already happened because of that, where Tainer shows in line Maloney comes in to try to help out. There's a miscommunication split. over who takes over and the, uh, opposing player just goes right between them. That's happened a few times.
2: That was a cheeky pass.
0: Very cheeky little backheel there. Um, once again, an unbelievable save by Jordan Farr there. Absolutely. To keep this thing 2 nothing. And then this goes in, but they call JD for offside. It looked marginal, but at the same rate, it's 2 nothing. If it's marginal, it they're going to call it offside. does
1: look like he is offside. Although, speaking of
3: that, i be changing rough,
0: next I, year.
1: <laughs> is it next year when it
3: comes into play? Huh? I think next year. Yeah. Next year. I think. I think for for US, so I think it'll be next. I guess March. Uh, for the I think the FIFA season it starts this this already August.
0: Yeah, IFAB has that rule where it's it's not the leading edge, it's the back edge of the player. Right, it has to remain level with the defender. You got to
3: see the, day, the 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 daylight, kind of like right. the goal.
0: Yeah. So that'll be interesting. And then here's where just runs oh, right there. Dancing him. shoes. Yeah. This is not the first time that, oh, her, no, that her, wasn't the, no, but that's not the first time that Hernandez danced through the Memphis defense yeah. that, well, that's the first time we're going to see it again. And it's much more nasty the second time, but there's tanny with the natural hat trick in the first half not even at the 40th minute in the 39th minute he completes his first half hat trick unbelievable Dude. performance and this puts him one below the league lead for the golden golden boot at the end of the season which is insane that's
3: a, that, that was a good call by tanny there to kind of he could have gone in if you watch that he looked up but he spotted him yeah. hey you know what let me get clear some space yeah, let's get that. back to the top of the 18 that's the chemistry you're seeing between the two like yeah gotta, yeah reach it, that's the thing
0: and another thing we saw a lot um in the in the few games before the birmingham game was guys making the exact same run we saw that a few times right there rita is already in the space that taney was looking to take over and he realizes where he's at he moves he makes himself available Puts in the in the net. So, and then here's Jorge Hernandez just. No, that's Tanny again. Oh, no. Yeah, that's Tanny. Big save it, from Bill Hamid. Should have been number
2: four. That, that's like a, a micro cross. Tanny was in. He was giving him fits. And here we go. Whole game. They had, here they had no go. answer from him.
0: Yeah. Here is just uh, one ankle. Two ankles. Three ankles. Four ankles. Five ankles. Bill Hamid on the ground. Chip over. Yeah, that was. Unbelievable cap off. That's filthy. And the game's barely halfway <laughs> over. Yeah.
1: No, the game was yeah. over at that point. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, time-wise, yeah. literally. It's yeah. barely halfway through. In San Antonio, this
1: was uh, when Wimby, Wimby first started here, so everybody was kind of able to turn their attention to uh, the the Wimby uh, first match.
0: Yeah, Robert and I watched this at Mad Pecker, and, yeah, <laughs> the the Wimby game was on the big screen, and then we had this on my laptop in there. and It was nice. Talk,
3: talking about breaking ankles there.
0: Oh, uh, it's nasty. Just nasty. Five on one, and still, <laughs> just ridiculous.
1: But it so still here, wasn't done.
0: Not at all. Memphis once again with uh, opens up a decent chance, and far just with an insane save there.
1: Team defense cl- closing it up too. how impressive of a save was this uh, Robert or Rafa? That
3: was gr- great. Yeah, uh, he, he, he made himself big. <laughs> that's all you can ask for is make yourself big there. And then there, that was a little dangerous there because you can get kicked in the hand there. But so, he made a great save there. Or in the head. I've been kicked in the head a couple times.
4: So that's why you're good. Yeah, you go. that's, that's what it is. That's, that's why. That,
3: Explains a lot. Luckily, luckily uh, that pitch didn't affect Jordan too much because you can see it there from the from the first half with Memphis's goalkeeper having trouble with that. But you know, yeah. Jordan was it's, able to adapt to it, just super uneven.
2: Right, like, there's a big difference between the infield and the regular grass. That's
0: yeah, pretty nasty for sure. But good for nothing win. What are you going to complain about? Absolutely nothing. Jordan Favre's on fire, unbelievable performance. Um, from this match, uh, we had uh, Jordan Farr, Mitchell Tainer, Taney, obviously. Uh, well, let's save him for last. Uh, Jorge Hernandez all made the team of the week, plus Taney Oluashe Taney, also made the team of the week, plus player of the week. So, no big surprise there. Unbelievable performance. Um, and we're just heating up. They're just heating up. This is not the final form. This is just them improving. Um, and this is kind of what I've been saying, uh, let Marcina find a consistent lineup, let them build some chemistry, let them grow together. We're, we're witnessing right now. We're witnessing the power up. So let's see how Wednesday goes. Uh, but absolutely. We are definitely, um, definitely witnessing the, uh, the power up of SAFC, which annually this is around where it happens. So.
1: And I think looking at the stats, I think they'll kind of surprise people because I didn't feel it this way, but possession was 70-30, which that I think everybody agrees. agree. Uh, Memphis had 17 shots, 6 on target. We had 12 shots, 7 on target. Uh, we had 6 corners. We had 5 offsides uh, for that, so that's still kind of a, a buggy boo. We had 15 fouls. They had 9. Um, but we had five big chances. You know, we missed two. They had two and, and missed two of of theirs here. Uh, but to me, what I liked is we had eight shots inside the box, but we also had four shots outside the box. And then of course, Far had six saves. Um, we're back to Rafa's uh, below average, fifty six percent on passing. Uh, only had one hundred eighteen uh, completed here. Uh, but to to me, like I said, I didn't. I knew Memphis took shots, but I didn't think it was quite that to, to that vo- to, to that volume, um, especially where they had six on target. I know we saw what three or four of them, um, which were big saves. So to give Memphis credit, when they did get an opportunity, you know, Far stood, you know, uh, Far stood on his head and, and kept the shutout, which is something you like to see, especially usually in games like this. You know, when it's three zero, you give up a goal late. You know, just just you know. Games in the bag at that point, but uh, any stats that stick out to you guys, uh, we'll go with you, Matt. Any any stats or final comments on the? Uh...
4: It was it was a great seeing the domination for once, uh, or a very consistent domination where we didn't really have to worry as much. Um, that that's what it, what I took from it because. Like like you said, at the forty at the forty sixth minute or forty seventh minute, I'm and y'all were there too. I could freely turn around and just watch uh, Wendy play, so very comfortable, very comfortable.
0: Uh, I'd like to uh, give out a whole hearty congratulations to Ish Jome. In the thirty sixth minute, he got his first yellow card, so he's officially a San Antonio FC player. So congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, uh, Maloney and Batista also got yellow cards. Batista, I think what's, that's his sixth. So two more and he's on yellow card suspension watch again. Isn't that how that works? Or did they get rid of the second one? Right. Eight, eight or Uh, nine. I'll
1: have have to have to see, but no, there's, there's more.
0: We should do some research. Um, for sure. So he, you know, one or two more, maybe three more. He gets suspended again. We'll see what happens.
1: Seven and then 10, uh, is when it, if he doesn't give. okay. uh, Through there, if memory serves me
0: right, Um, I remember it was five and eight um, at some point. But there's a lot more games, so that makes sense. So um, five and eight was like three or four years ago. So Um, beyond that, uh, Tani Olawase is now the uh, franchise record holder in hat tricks with two. Unbelievable, and he's uh, according to uh, San Antonio FC social media team. He is averaging a goal every 72.2 minutes this season. Ridiculous. That's not bad. Ridiculous. Harry, back to you.
1: So looking at the standings here, uh, out east, uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies first at 34 points. River Island's second at 32. They did us a favor by drawing Sacramento. Uh, Charleston, 31 points had a bye. Louisville City, 29. Memphis uh, had the opportunity to get close to first. Now they're in fifth. Uh, Legion at 23, Indy 11 lost to Tulsa, and Tulsa um, is at 19 points, uh, not 16. Um, uh, 19 points. Uh, Loudoun just on the outside, Detroit City, Miami, and Hartford. Hartford's uh, not doing well at all despite coaching changes. Out west, uh, Sacramento 34, San Antonio El Paso. We'll talk about that here in a second. They go second and third at 31. Switchbacks have kind of rebounded, uh, 9-1 and 9 at 28. Loyal beat Hartford, so congratulations. Everybody was all excited for the Loyal Nation. uh, Uh, Monterey Bay, 26. Phoenix Rising, 25. Uh, New Mexico United, 25. RGV's uh, making their climb out from the basement at 23. Uh, Pay attention to them. They've been on a good roll. They play El Paso on Saturday, so uh, for Copa Teos, big week uh, for USL. For that here oakland roots uh 23 points uh orange county lost to uh rgb and the lights probably the hardest luck team i guess you'd say uh fort here where you know they're at 11 points only one win but you know eight draws uh nine losses and but you know if, if you look at their losses especially compared to hartford it's, it's a night and day scenario so big one though this week uh Tomorrow night, El Paso, San Antonio. Uh, Frenemies get together again. Eighth notch, crack tears 210 FTC. Um, unfortunately, because they put it on Wednesday, I don't know of anybody that's going uh, for that here. Early injury list, is out and questionable one, Carlos Ozacar with an upper body injury, which kind of surprised me. I thought it was a lower body injury on how he left, uh, but, you know, who knows how that is thoughts on the matchup with El Paso. I know we've kind of hinted about, uh, the baseball field, the precursor, what, you know, from Memphis to El Paso, uh, this isn't last year's El Paso. This is a solid El Paso team. Um, they are in a little bit of a scoring drought, uh, right now. Uh, they lost to New Mexico United lost to, um, or uh, drew uh, Monterey Bay 0 on, on the road here. So uh, it'll be an interesting match here.
0: Mm-hmm. So before we get to it, uh, I'm going to go over the mentality monsters of the match. Oh, yeah. Sorry for, about for the match against um, Memphis. So um, the at the SA Mexican is in here. Um, Jordan F and far. Tanny's hat trick was great, but it looks so easy and he cooled off in the second half. Well, he didn't need a score again. What are we talking about? Um, Farr, uh had to keep up the mentality, the monster mentality all match. So, I mean, yeah, I agree with that one. That's fine. Um, Hernandez, Jorge Hernandez. So, uh, at Randy Rogers 7, says Hernandez assisted on two of Tanny's goals and one of his own. That's why he made the team of the week. Wholeheartedly agree. Had a great game. Uh, at goleador socioso says Tani's the obvious answer, and he should probably win. But Far stayed locked in and made some important save to make sure it wasn't closer than it should have been, or waste Taney's performance. Uh, at Fredville Sa said although Jorge Hernandez had a beautiful goal, it has to be Tani Olowace with his amazing hat trick in the first half. Hashtag mentality monster, uh, right there with you, brother. Uh, at Chris Gonzo 1985, can it be three stars of the night? <laughs> Tanny, Jorge, and Jordan all played a huge role in the win. Once again, right there with you, brother. And uh, our friend um, Darius at Der Shattenwolf, uh, Shadow Wolf. Uh, Tanny, why do you even ask? Yeah, I mean, what am I inside? Uh, agreed. Uh, Matt, who's your mentality monster of the match for the Memphis win?
4: Mine's gonna be horrid. Oher for sure, man. That that I think that that play should have been on ESPN. He put not only one but three players on skates. I thought that should have been on ESPN, but that's just me.
0: Yeah, that was uh, that was soul crushing for Memphis for sure. That was disgusting. Uh, Robert, your mentality monster of the mat.
2: I guess, like performance-wise, all three of those are solid candidates. The one that kind of pushes it it, well the one that comes to mind is the far like more so because like the timing of the saves it was in situations where we're up by one two goals where if we let one in the momentum and everything could have changed all at once and the second thing is like how many rumblings about you know his faltering he had a few mistakes and the fans are just kind of you know seem to be almost like questioning things about about the past and how good he is and for him just to show once again okay Everyone needs to just slow it, settle down. <laughs>
0: hey, quite hey. he'll never say it himself,
2: but like. <laughs> remember me,
0: remember me? Yeah, it's, yeah it's I like thought that. you remembered me. Yeah, exactly.
2: That, 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 that's what stood out to me. Those, those two ideas is that, you know, the timing yeah, of the saves. I mean, they're great no matter what, but especially at the moment that they happen and on top of it to kind of silence any critics.
0: Yeah, I think Jordan Farr's song of the week or song of the month needs to be. Don't forget about Dre for sure. Uh Rafa, uh, your mentality monster of the match for the win at Memphis.
3: Well, this one goes out to all the haters and and all the doubters uh, that someone should, should have been benched here on out. There's a reason why for he, he, uh, Jordan Farr is the U.S. Goalkeeper of the Year. So for for the one that said he needs to nobody be nobody seriously
1: dro- said that, right?
3: Oh yes, he did. So I'm yeah, dropping right. the mic on I'm, uh, I'm, uh, dropping, I'm dropping the, the mic only, on your face. There's a couple of people I'm, yeah. Like I said, I'm dropping the mic in your face. Is Jordan Farr. He's my my Italian monster of the match. If he doesn't make those in saves, this game could have been gone the other way.
0: Fight, 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 fight. Wow. <laughs> no, <it's>... wow. <laughs> calm, calm down. Calm down. <laughs> Harry, who's your mentality <laughs> monster? <of that? laughs>
1: I always go a little bit alternative because uh, I think there's obvious ones. Uh, but I'm going to go with Rita Zahir. Uh Had 29, or pardon me, 27 touches. 9 of 11 for accurate passes with one key pass um he won half of his ground duels um he he did have three fouls which i don't mind here two tackles uh so but in the midfield uh you know between him and Hayes uh they were locking it down and doing it here so i'm going to give uh I'll give the slight edge to uh Rita you know with 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 his passing you know cuz that that's a key part of of the attack is being able to get the ball transitioned and um, I know there's obvious ones through here, but uh, one that may be a little bit under the radar with Rita and the performance that he had.
0: I absolutely agree with you, Harry. Um, the best compliment that I can give Jacory Hayes and Rita Zuhir in this game is I didn't notice them, and that's perfect. That's exactly what you want your midfield to be. I didn't notice them. That means they had a perfect game. Uh, my mentality monster of the match, though, is going to be Coach Marcina. Bring it back, the press. We're bringing it back. We're rolling it back. We're running. Yeah, yeah. We're running hot. We're getting hotter. Let's go. All right. Let's move on to El Paso. Harry. Uh,
1: what about uh, El Paso here now? What do you want to talk about?
0: They stink I, and I hate them. All right. I don't next, I was next like, like them. I don't like them. It's not the
1: same without Yuma. We don't have Yuma to bitch about. You
3: know, no, yeah, you but know, Lucho in, ah,
4: but we still got we still Lucho's yeah, really we still, taking the Lucho rain took
3: the mantle. All. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But we we don't we, we outplayed them that game and and honestly 2 should have gone to second yellow should have been tossed out and that game would you know we just made just two bad mistakes yeah, they took advantage of it but we really outplayed them in that first that first go around because we jumped sure. on them and I think I think this game they needed the kind of the same formula like they did in Memphis jump on them early pressure them. Make them very un. And that's the thing. I know me and Harry's gone there a couple. Of t- like I said, we went to El Paso. That's what they, they did right away. Is made them uh, make them play uncomfortable there at their home stadium. And like I said, I think we I think we've gone a couple of positive results the last few years over there. So, they I think Marcino knows how to win there. And I think we I think we have the formula to knock them off tomorrow night.
1: Yeah. Last loss was August fourth of twenty twenty one to a loss in El Paso. Since then, uh, we are three wins and two draws uh, against uh, against them, including a, a 1-0 win last July 23rd, actually, um, which I believe is a Saturday because we went uh, to that to that match here. Um, the other match prior to that, uh, August 6, 2021, a 3-3 draw, and I believe uh, we were dominating that match, and then El Paso came back late. So.
0: Well, Roger. no, we didn't. We didn't dominate that one. What happened was we, we were up two nothing. They scored. They tied it, um, and then they took the lead three two. Uh, oh Diego no 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 Luna. no! Yeah. It was it was two two. They drew, and then um, we scored. What was
1: no, it? No no. You're right. No, you're right. Diego Luna long- scored in the eighty fifth minute, and then Courtney Ford scored in the ninety plus four. Correct right, uh, to draw. Uh, right. Exactly. yeah
0: it was uh was it Tainer that passed it to courtney ford with the header yeah so unbelievable because yeah we're we're just like are you serious did we just lose this and then we drew we're like we're excited but still we drew we should (laughs) have won this game yeah i remember that one Uh,
1: but series, season series uh three wins for el paso three draws four wins for san antonio uh it's always it's always a fun match uh usually close um, if there's lots of goals in it, this is either a 1-0 game or there's usually two or three goals um, in the mix. But reason why this is important is right now they're even on points. If you get a winner, uh, number one, you're back in the you know for the Copa Shield. It draws San Antonio back into it. More importantly, for the Copa Teos, uh, is El Paso will be done with us. They play RGV on Saturday. So they would put El Paso in the driver's seat for Copa Tejas uh, to where they could win it before we even play RGV. So uh, this is a huge match for Copa Tejas. It's a huge match come tiebreaker wise. Uh, you know for USL Championship West. Uh, obviously we want to keep the pressure on Sacramento because we're only three points behind them. Um, and uh, to me, like I said here, we're even with El Paso. It's and, and we play we have a and they have a game in hand. So uh it's a huge match i wish it wasn't on a, a wednesday um usl has to get better at these these uh, midweek games uh, with with rivals and, and i do consider el paso a rival even though it's eight hours away
2: it's definitely gonna be a physical match and i think the big thing is just uh playing with emotion but keeping them in check no silly right you know there's gonna be some chippiness. It always happens, and they're gonna be, mm-hmm. you know, diving like, <laughs> like Lucho likes to do. He's all of a sudden made of, of paper once you bump him, but he's he's not afraid to check you. So just keep that in check and like no silly fouls, and and get on top of them early and stay organized in the back. That's the key. Get on top of them, stay organized in the back. Nothing cheap, no freebies, no no no, you know, miscalculations in the back, miscommunication stuff like that. We can release that. I mean, we have an amazing chance.
3: Robert, do you think we maybe uh, have Tanner lock in on on Lucho, kind of like gum on, on this game to really yeah. kind of just to kind of be a little thorn on his side?
2: Yeah, Especially mean, Martin, how Tanner or Bautista, someone that like can kind of give him fits, just constantly keep him in check, kind of harass him. Like, Yeah, try it. You, you can take a personal mark. I, I haven't seen that, you know, done in the past, but I wouldn't be
3: a bad plan. I, th- I think if you keep the ball off, uh, you know, off his feet, they're not going to win. I think they run a lot of the offense to them. And if you sure. kind of frustrate them the whole night, to keep you know, keep them away from touching the ball, like I said, they're not going to be able to do anything. Let, let someone yeah. else try to beat you tomorrow it, night.
2: And he plays pretty even kill, but like for some reason against us, he always has those emotional lash outs. He, like, he, he tends to get a little bit more excited, maybe because he used to play with us, maybe because they're talking trash back and forth, who knows what. But he, he seems to come out of his shell and, and act a little different in the games against us for whatever reason.
1: Anybody else got anything before we move on to Gold Cup? Before we get out of here? Nope. Yes.
3: yes.
1: So looking at Gold Cup here, uh, both matches tomorrow, right? Uh, yes, Fort here. Uh, yeah, U.S. first, and then after. U.S.A. versus Panama and Jamaica versus Mexico. Uh, U.S. squeaked by Canada. Uh, on PKs, Matt Turner, go. Panama got past <laughs> Guitar. Uh, to me, to me, out of the two matches, I think USA has the easier path because uh, I do think Jamaica's, you know, US caught a, a break playing them in the first match. Um, but Jamaica, Mexico, I, to me, I think it's going to be a, a, a barn burner. Um, and I think that's what uh, the, uh Reliant,
3: Las Vegas. So in las vegas oh.
1: so uh matt did you change shirts no i was wearing this all time oh god did, did you lose a bet or something
0: Dang. <laughs> his his qatar jerseys in the wash, so <laughs> Uh, Rafa, you want to preview that match against Jamaica real quick?
3: Yeah, this is. <laughs> you know, Jamaica always plays Mexico tough. It's always a tough matchup. I think the what, what Jamaica brings is that speed. Uh, and I know they've had some, you know, is, you know issues with playing with teams with speed. Um, the key is if, if my team, uh, Edson Alvarez, is going to be able to play tomorrow. I know he had a little dinger on the last game. He got to get subbed out. Um, but you know, like I mentioned before, this, this is a project, you know, this is a Jimmy Lozano project. He's, he's, start, he's starting to get, you know, things going, you know, he got that team going in the second half. He made the right adjustments, you know, and you can see the team is, is gaining confidence, you know, from these games. Yeah. I know the Latin game with guitar. He had exit. He changed the lineup for that. He wanted to see like, what those younger players can do. You know, he, he he's challenging them. And that's, I think that's what's been missing is having a, a a manager that can challenge you and see what you can do. Because after this, you know, he's going to really kind of evaluate, you know, who really needs to be on this team and who does it And the ones who do need to be team, okay, what do we need to do here to develop and what other players? Because that was a discussion that was made. by, I started watching the game here in Del Rio. They actually have Canal Cinco, which is another uh station here from across. And they had uh, three different commentators, which two of them, Used to play one play for the national team and one coach the national team. And they made an analysis that they want. You know, like I said, this is going to be, this is going to tell what they need to do moving forward. Cause I think the next preparation is for next year. Can they have a competitive team for Copa America? So, like I said, any, anything, any good result for them, it's a positive result. They get a setback. Hey, wow. it, it's still a learning experience. But like I said, I, th- I think they have the right guy with Jimmy, Jimmy Losano as a head coach. And I think he's going to do some good things moving forward.
1: Royce, your, Royce and Robert, your thoughts on the U.S. match?
0: Robert, go ahead.
2: I mean, the, the biggest thing with the U.S. Thing, a team I've noticed, at least in this cup, is like they're so Jekyll and Hyde. Like some games they look pretty, pretty solid, and then all of a sudden it, it just seems like a, a bit of a, a disaster. It's like so much disorganization. I mean, in the Canada game there wasn't a whole lot of offense. I'd say the first 80 minutes of that game were like typical CONCACAF. You know, it was not a. There was some creativity, but it was kind of lacking in in quality, like in general terms. And and uh, I, I would say like uh, like all of a sudden, like then uh, it started to get exciting at the end. You know, we got our goal, and then Canada got their gift that uh, PK. So, you know, it. it hof- hopefully, 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 this one they turn it around. Like I said, the gold cup. I'm not putting a whole lot of weight in it uh copa medica seems to be a little bit more of a focus and then like i said the nation's cup was like the one where they put more of their chips on the table so this is more feeling out what other players are going to fit in the roster or in the in the program in general so uh, i'm excited to see it and it's gonna be fun but like i said we should beat panama no matter what squad we're rolling out so i'm hoping for a positive result
0: yeah this is absolutely the b slash c team for sure um but at the same rate, uh, these are the players we have, and uh, this is uh, what we have to discuss for the game. So uh, in Canada, we had a lot of disappointing um, performances. At uh, they're very tentative. Um, some of the kids that have looked good um, the entire tournament kind of had a kind of had a stinker, and they kind of let Canada get a little too close. Uh, Jalen Neal, who we remember, um, had a defensive. Uh, Mistake that gave um, Shannon Gomez a chance to tie the game at the very last minute against uh, against Los Dos. Uh, was that last season or was that uh, 2021 at Toyota Field? Um, he kind of had a stinker. He had a few passes out of bounds. Um, Brandon Vasquez skied a, a penalty kick when it went to PKs, but at the same time he scored a goal, so kind of a wash. Jordan Morris looks like a shell of himself. Um, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he's injured or what's going on. He didn't look good. Um and uh Zendance just just a, just a few players just haven't looked good. But you also have some players that'll look very good. Uh the left back Jones has looked unbelievable. Um
2: look
0: good too. has been okay. Mihailovic has been all right. Uh Ferreira, that. Tying Canada goal should have never happened because Ferreira needs the foul right there. He needs the, to take the yellow card and, and kill that break. But he let the guy go and he ends up scoring. So Mark cover, but he, Ferreira has looked really good. Um, and Matt Turner, what am I going to tell you? He told BJ Callahan before the Nations League, before the Gold Cup, I'm here all summer. I need to get playing time. I'm with you. I'm your guy. Let me play. And that's the performance we're going to get out of him. The U.S. number one by a mile. So, love to see it.
1: Do you think it helps Turner in England at all with this? Or do you think he's stuck kind of as a backup?
0: He's going to be the backup for uh, no matter what uh, to Ramsdale. But it definitely helps, you know, going back. The form he's in, he's going to make that conversation a little more difficult. And that's all he can hope to do.
1: Any final thoughts uh, in, in regard to the Gold Cup? Uh, you know, I want to try to keep this a little bit shorter, just because, like I said here, we went real long last time, and, and I don't want to get back-to-back scolded uh, by Royce here. Um, plus, I know Royce isn't in his normal area, so uh, I know it's impacting family uh, family uh, movability. We'll just say, uh, Matt's uh, always comfortable, you know, in, in Matt's in Matt's basement. Uh, Robert always loved Robert Rafa. Also, uh, you know, renting space uh, in, in a third-party home. So, <laughs> final thoughts. Uh, we'll, we'll start with you, Robert, uh, with all your cool uh, memorabilia behind you.
2: Oh, that's just uh, because I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Like, uh, work's going to go by quicker than normal. You know, excited to uh, see some uh, some football after uh, after work. Like I said, and uh, crush El Paso. Let's go.
1: Are we going anywhere, or well? I guess I shouldn't say we. Um, it's a Wednesday. Anybody going anywhere to watch it? I know. Um, I believe the Crocketeers have one at Alamo Beer. Uh, I haven't seen. Have I seen one for um, FTC?
4: They're gonna post it tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. We just finished talking to Second Pitch, telling them uh, it's a mid midweek game. So whoever wants to go out Second Pitch, they're doing a dollar bear off. Uh, dollar off your beer if, if you're wearing uh,
1: FTC or uh, SAFC mm-hmm. And 210 I'm not sure, where, I haven't seen 210 I know they typically hang out with you guys is pretty here. Much,
4: 210 is pretty much any big hops
1: um, My final thoughts, a shout out to Jenica, um, she stepped down um, as president of the Crocketeers after two and a half years on the board um she's going to take time to spend time with family um i can tell you just from experience all the time and effort and, and stuff that that position or any position within the Crocketeers board takes with the tailgates and and all of that stuff and, and matt can kind of concur with all the stuff that we don't see uh you know that goes on behind the scenes with safc the other supporters groups and all that all that stuff here so uh shout out to Jenica. thank you for your service like i so um, I know we'll still see you at the game. I know we'll still see you, you know, at the uh, tifo uh, stuff here because I do know you would really enjoy that here. Um, but you know, for me, like I said here, thank you for all that you've done. Um, like I said, you, you carried the leadership of the Crocoteers well, and uh, it'll be interesting to see who the who the next uh, next uh, individual steps up for the Crocketeers as as president is.
3: Uh, who's next, Rafa? Uh, just final thought, As I guess I just excited for tomorrow. Three big games. So SAFC sandwich between both of them. so it should be a fun night. Uh I'll be driving back from Del Rio tomorrow. So hopefully I'll be better making time for, you know, for the games and so forth. So I'm looking forward to that. And also looking forward to the Sutherland practice on Friday, so if you oh, got yeah. your ticket. Right. So make sure you head up to Toyota. I'm gonna probably bring a little ball, get it signed for other players and Get to see, you know, some English, uh, English team practice and so forth. So it should be fun. So make sure we'll see you guys on Friday.
1: We didn't talk about that. Any thoughts on Sunderland coming? It should, from my understanding, it's going to be close to a sellout, if not a sellout. Um, I saw it's going to be held on uh, was it Bally's uh, Sports Southwest, so it's getting the the proper coverage. Uh, go ahead, Matt.
4: So to put on that, um, there are that I'm aware of. There are eighteen seats, or tickets <laughs> left for the bunker, so I'm thinking the bunker is going to be sold out that game. Yep,
3: should be a fun one. I think maybe we'll see some of the bench players and some maybe some of the academy kids play this play this one, since we got a couple. Of, uh, I think what like a three-game homestand coming up for two game with uh, yeah, and after they're after off because we got the game on the, the following sunset. Saturday. That to the 22nd. That we got, I think, Miami, Miami and Hartford coming up. Yeah. So. Which, like I guess, had a big win tomorrow. Two winnable home games right there. That's, that's, if we can get those nine points, we can be right, really back into the top spot. Put mm-hmm. pressure on Sacramento.
0: Yeah, the Sunderland match is going to be my final thought. Thanks for ruining that, Harry. Um, Sorry, we <laughs> haven't talked it. about it. That's always a surprise final thought. What are we talking about here? Um, no, I- I'm very excited for it. It's going to be great. It's going to be some uh, English championship slash Premier League um, talent coming to, uh, to Toyota Field. Uh, last time we had this a few years ago was a 2019 when Cardiff City came in and we uh, played the friendly against them. Um, Looking forward to the pitch being in a much better condition than it was uh, back then. Um, But at the same rate, this is exciting. Hopefully, this is a thing we get going forward. Um, Another thing we've been talking about, obviously, to kind of coincide with some of the stuff we've been talking about is possibly if ProRail does pass in USL and they go ahead with it. In the city, the county, and sports, sports, and entertainment decide to expand Toyota Field, this will obviously entice even larger clubs to come through San Antonio, which is only a good thing for the city, for the fans, for everybody. So um, definitely with Wimbledon Yamba being here and an international talent, maybe we'll get some French teams coming in. Sky's the limit for this one, absolutely. So that's very exciting. Um, definitely looking forward to watching Sunderland. I followed Sunderland since they signed Josie Altidore back in the day. Um, was that 2000? Mm, I don't want to say what year I think it was, but it's going to date myself, but that was a long time ago. Um, and I've been pretty much following them ever since uh, with the Sunderland till I die Netflix um, documentary, which is, uh, I believe it's two seasons. There's going to be, I believe a third one was made last season. So uh, definitely worth watching. Definitely worth your time on that one. One of the more real, uh, visceral, uh, soccer documentaries that's been created. Um, just to give you a little pretext of who Sunderland is, and the Stadium of Light, and what that really means to um, to, to the city, um, the city center there in Sunderland, and kind of who the people are and, and who's coming. So, um, definitely uh, looking forward to that. Definitely looking forward to taking my son there and, and us as getting that um getting getting introduced to that and really experiencing that. I'm really looking forward to that. So um, I believe that's it. Um, we went through everybody. Correct. We're good. Matt, what's your final thought?
4: <laughs> my final thought is, uh, I know a lot of people uh, are questioning on on chance uh, on our chance. So if, uh, <laughs> so if, uh, <laughs> no castle. No, Newcastle. <laughs> but um, uh, like, I, like I posted in uh, in our fan chat, I'm going to be hosting a practice tomorrow. If anybody wants to learn their chants, uh, I'll be open to it. I'll stick around for an hour or two. Um, we do have chants. It's just a matter of fact of people wanting to go to the bunker to learn them. Uh, like I said, th- we have a good 20, maybe 22 chants. So y'all want to come learn with us, come to the bunker. I promise you, we make sure nobody gets turned away. We try to bring you in to, to welcome you to the experience, but also at the same time, join in and help us out uh, to, to let the whole stadium hear our voice. So like I said, uh, Friday after, after or during, whichever people prefer, uh, I could teach some people some, some of our chants and if some of the FTC guys go, well, maybe chant a little bit that are friendly to uh, Sunderland, but like I said, uh, we friendly do have to Sunderland. Guys.
1: What the hell, dude?
4: No, uh, it says S A F C. Some of them
1: do. So, oh, that's true. Yes, okay. Those wankers. But I do, I do have a question <laughs> oh, here because C- I'm starting to see a little bit more of a coordinated effect uh, out of one fifteen on chance. Um, I'm drawing a blank <laughs> on, on the gentleman's name. Uh, ben. That here. Ben, Hester. ben, Ben Hesler. Yeah. Ben. But are are we – I know there's been trying to be a push of at the beginning of a game to have everybody do a chant and then maybe at the beginning mm-hmm. of the second half along those lines. Um, mm. Is that something that's still in discussion or uh,
4: – So I just got a message right before our show from Ben. We're still going to try to continue that. We're trying 100% to con- uh, make that kind of like a, a quote-unquote ritual. But gotcha. – um. We're just trying to get something going to where everybody hears, uh, hears our chance and probably get something traditional going. So, yes, we are doing that chant. I'm, I'm guessing on, uh, well, not even guessing, we are doing it on, on
0: uh, Saturday.
1: All right. Uh, you want to send us out, uh, Royce?
0: Absolutely. Uh, everybody, thanks for joining. Um, like you said, like, subscribe, follow subscribe leave a comment all that good stuff it'll help us out and help us get the word out appreciate you for listening and if you stuck around this far why not just give it give a like and and all that good fun so um what's life without goals good night let's go safc let's beat up